teaching ministry of Pastor Debbie Everly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. My son, attend to my words, Proverbs 4.20 in the Amplified. Consent and submit to my sayings. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart, for they are life to those who find them, healing and health to all their flesh. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance, and above all that you guard, for out of it flow the springs of life. So healing and health to all your flesh. But I want to go back to that part that it says, keep them in the center of your heart. In other words, there are other things vying for your heart's attention. And what you need to do is dissect everything else out and let the Word of God penetrate inside of you. Now, I made a statement that you, you gotta put it, you've got to put your faith in the mix. You've got to be speaking the Word of God. There's life that works in there. That's in the mix. You say, well, is it the life of God? Uh, that you speak that works in me? Yes. Is it the life of God inside of me that works in me? Yes. It all works together in the mix. In Hebrews, it, you know, as a matter of fact, go ahead and go there real quickly. I like what Pastor Nancy says about Grant, her son. He's a strapping 18-year-old or 17-year-old. And uh, he goes to the refrigerator and says, Mom, there's nothing in here. And she looks in there and said, well, there's stuff in there. You just got to mix it together. If you want a sandwich, you got to get the bread. You got to put the meat on. You got to put the mayo on. Okay. Well, if you want to make some bread, you're going to have to put all the, the ingredients together. And what do you need to make that bread rise? Yeast. Well, without it, it's going to be flat. Without, uh, you know, the, the healing power of God will be flat without our faith. And what is faith? Well, faith is an insurance in your heart that you have uh, what you believe that you receive from the Lord. Just as if I were giving these papers to Jocelyn, I said, would you like these? Okay, and you took them, right? Well, that's what you do with the hand of faith. You grasp and you take hold of whatever you need. Well, healing's already yours. Okay, so just a mini lesson there because we're going to be constantly talking about the faith of God. But are you in Hebrews 4? All right, we need to mix faith with the life of God. So it's all in the mix. So that's what I meant by that statement. Uh, so we have Jesus living inside of us, the healer. We have salvation. What does salvation mean? Healing, preservation, soundness of mind, wholeness. It's all-inclusive, remember? Just as if you were to go to Mexico and they'd say, hey, this is all, not too many people want to go to Mexico right now, but anyway, move right along unless you know that you're protected on a missions trip or something like that. But anyway, uh, it's all-inclusive, and they say you get the food, you get the room, you get everything. Well, healing's all-inclusive. All right, in our redemption, next week we'll be talking about redemption realities. I believe the week after that we're going to be talking about natural realities because natural things work. Somebody might say, well, it's just, it's by faith that we do everything. Well, uh, you breathe by faith, you drink water by faith, you eat food by faith, but they're natural things that you've got to do or you're going to die by faith. Okay? If you don't eat, if you don't breathe, if you, you know, 
All right, moving right along. So we're going to be talking about natural realities. But today we're talking about a lesson, preparing the heart to receive. Now you're already receiving because if you're sitting here and by faith you're saying, you know, God's healing power is working into me because Proverbs 4.20 says, attend to my words. They're alive to those who what? Find them in health to all their flesh. So right now you're receiving. But it's a constant thing of reception. Every day we're speaking, and every time we open this mouth, we're receiving the life of God in us, okay? Every time that we open our mouth and we're speaking our faith, the life of God is working together in the mix with our faith, and an explosion is happening, and healing is springing forth. Amen. Well, you, you may say, well, but I have to have hands laid on me. Don't. No, you don't. Actually, you can just say, hey, I have life in me already. So you speak that and you draw it out by faith. But if you have hands laid on you, then you just simply put your faith in, well, the anointing's working in me. That was deposited through that laying on of hands. Same thing, but you know, you really already have that life inside. So start using that. But how do you draw it out? How do you draw it out? you got to speak it. Okay. So uh, in healing scriptures, God's word is God's medicine uh, by, by Dad Hagen on page three. Healing scriptures by Dad Hagen. Uh, God's word is God's medicine. Kenneth Hagen Sr. is who I'm talking about. Uh, he says this, in, and we've read this before, but it bears repeating. In the margin of my King James translation, Pro Proverbs 4.22 reads, my words are medicine to all their flesh. God's word is medicine to all your flesh. But you need to learn how to take God's medicine in order to get it to work for you. We know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God because the Bible says so, Romans 10, 17. But to tell the real truth about the matter, God's word, his medicine, won't do you a bit of good in the world if you hear it over and over again for hours, yet still continue to think wrong and talk wrong. If you continue to think wrong and talk wrong, God's word won't work for you. No, you've got to hear God's word because that's how faith comes, but then you've got to act on your faith. So when you're confessing God's word, if you would think like this, I'm taking my medicine. God's word, God's medicine always works. It never fails. Say that to yourself and think on that, and you'll get God's word working for you. So we started out this service, uh, this time, uh, this healing class, taking our medicine by saying, I'm healed and I'm whole. But we were just thanking God. So if you would beef up your thanking God, just like Abraham gave glory to God, thanking him that Sarah would conceive. So beef up your thanking God just all throughout your day. Just thank God. Because I have to check up on myself. How about you? I have to check up on, am I saying it? Am I truly meditating on the word of God? Am I taking the word with me everywhere I go? Well, the word lives inside of me, but I have to deposit it there by my words. And how does it get in? Pastor Nancy says meditation drives the word down inside. 
So we drive the word of God down inside of us by meditating on it. And I was sharing with you, if you were here on Wednesday night service, that God is dealing with me to step it up in my own meditation process. And when you start teaching a healing class, you understand what that means. Uh, I'm not one of those doomsayers, well, I'm teaching a healing class now, so everything's coming against me. No, I'm blessed because I'm teaching the healing class, because I'm being obedient. But I will say that the enemy, he will try to get you out of the plan of God. So you better be prepared. Amen. So uh, in my own life, I've hit and miss at times, healing and wholeness, you know, just walking in divine health constantly. And there have been times where I need healing. We talked about that. If you're walking in wellness, you don't have any symptoms. And stuff tries to come against you, but it can't stay because it slides off like slime, okay? Uh, but symptoms, if they're constantly dogging you and that type of thing, well, you need, you need healing in your body. But that's what the Word of God, it is both healing and health. You can walk free from symptoms, but if symptoms come your way, you can tell them to go in Jesus' name. You may say, but I did that last week and they're still there. Well, you, you really hung in there, didn't you? I did that five minutes ago and they're still there. Well, you know, you probably took years to get to the place where you are. And your meditation process needs to beef up. Well, I thought it wasn't by works. No, it's not by works. But your meditation process needs to beef up. It's just like telling somebody, go live in that house, but there's no foundation under it and it falls under when it rains. Remember Matthew 7? You've got to have a foundation. You think you may have a foundation because you quoted a few scriptures and said, Hallelujah! <laughs> or you went to a service and, you know, agreed with the pastor. But have you been taking your medicine? And God's been dealing with me. Turn off the distractions. Turn off the things. You know, even the news. I, I, be, I find myself, I get upset, and then it, it affects my love walk. Because I want to throw rocks at everybody. You know what I mean? Nobody else is there. Okay. You're just, you, you don't want to speak that, right? Good for you. So I've had to turn it off more lately and just meditate. And, and, and sometimes I'll be sitting there and somebody will say something adverse about someone else. And I'm, well, pray the Lord. And, and I don't let it get inside me. I don't join in. Now, there are, as a minister... And it being on the board at FOF, Fresh Oil Fellowship with Dr. Dufresne, Pastor Nancy, and being around a lot of ministers, sometimes issues have to be covered. Sometimes they have to share things with us that so-and-so is dealing with. Even as pastors in a church, sometimes we, you know, uh, our staff has to come and say, well, so-and-so said this or did this. You know, that's not doubt and unbelief. That's not spreading strife. That's just dealing with issues. But I can't let it get inside of me. Now, I don't go tell everybody else. I don't go repeat the matter. Now, when you get to the place where you're in a position of authority and you have information, it's what you do with that information that can hurt you or help you. It may, need, you, it may help you to deal with an issue or a situation, but if you're going around telling everybody, that is going to cause sickness and disease, a wide door to be opened up to you because your faith works by love. But we're going to be talking about causes and... and uh, Again, we, we refer to things as we go on. But our faith has to work by love. So if you're an offense towards somebody, or if you've been speaking words, bitter words towards somebody, you know, that is offense if you didn't know it. 
I just wanted to enlighten you. Uh, if you've been speaking harsh words, that type of thing, again, that's offense. And, and, and that's affecting your love walk. That's affecting your faith, rather, is what I should say. I want you to turn to Matthew 7, 24. You know, we could get up here and just say Isaiah 53 uh, says, 3 through 5, that surely he carried our sicknesses and he uh, bore our pains. That's what it means in the Greek. We esteemed him afflicted, smitten of God. Well, actually, we esteemed him smitten, afflicted, something like that. But anyway, he was wounded. I went blank there. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by... His stripes, we are healed. And we could get up here and just speak that scripture and it would work life. But because of the things that many times are vying for our attention, because of the levels of meditation uh, that we are in or not in, uh, because of the distractions, uh, because of those things, many times just a very small percentage of that would get in there. And that's why we have to teach and preach the Word of God. And we have to help get it down inside of you. All right? So understand that your meditation process is very important. Well, what do I do, Pastor Debbie? Do I just sit in the, the, the end of my... Yeah, sit on the end of your chair like a little fish. Like, it's, like my cat in the morning time. 7 to 7.30 without fail. It takes a half hour to get me up, Okay. Seven to seven, well, not really, I'm, I'm up, but, you know, she'd paw on me, and she's scooting around doing this, and she, you know, she's just sitting there looking at me like, hello, it's time for me to eat. <laughs> Vying for my attention. So there are things, when you're sitting here listening to the word, hey, Linda, remember, somebody said that about you last week, remember? And you're... Like visors on both sides. No, I'm not listening to that. Or do you ever get this? You know, pastor doesn't like you, Ike. He didn't like what you preached last week. By the way, he did. It was excellent, by the way. Good job. You know, he, he didn't like that. He didn't like the way you did that. Just tell him to shut up. Yeah, amen. That's right. I'm listening, yeah, but I'm not going. Yeah. How many times a day, especially when you grow in the Lord? Well, when you grow in the Lord, you shouldn't have to deal with these things. No, when you grow in the Lord, it intensifies. But you've got the Word of God. In other words, you know that the deceiver is going to come and he's going to try to take things from you. How many times a day, stupid ignorant, idiotic thoughts come to me. You thought I was going to say you were stupid, ignorant. No, I'm not going there. Hello. No, I don't think you're stupid and ignorant. Um, but how many times these thoughts come to me and say, well, Dr. DeFrame, Pastor Nancy, think this is about you. Or your church thinks this is about you. And I, I really don't care. And I have to like visor, just meditate on the word of God and do what God tells me to do. Don't listen to the devil or your unrenewed mind with those thoughts. Don't go there. If you get some correction, just say, praise the Lord, they love me. Amen. Don't stew on it and say, well, they like me. You know, don't go there. Because what you're doing is, is uh, you're affecting your heart and your reception. 
we're talking about preparing the heart. Now, first of all, we got, we've got to build a proper foundation. In verse 24, are you there in Matthew 7? Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock, and the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, and built on that house, and it did not fall, fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And I like what Pastor Nancy says. In Sound Disciplined Mind, page 10, Reverend Nancy Dufresne, Sound Disciplined Mind, page 10, as you spend time with God through feeding on his word and in prayer, and as you act on the word in your daily life, your spirit will be strengthened and developed. As you strengthen and develop your spirit, then it will be stronger than your flesh, and you'll be able to keep your flesh under the dominion of your spirit, and you'll keep your flesh from dominating your life. Uh, at the beginning, she said, as you spend time with God through feeding on his word and in prayer, as you spend time feeding on his word and prayer, that's how he talks to you. You've got to have the word as a base and renew your mind, and you've got prayer, and the things that he says to you in your spirit need to line up with that word of God. But that's how he talks to you. That's what you stand on, and you act on that word in daily life. Okay? So you've got to hear the word, and you've got to do the word. Now, here, I like to give definitions because it helps me in the original Greek, means to give audience, means to understand, means to hearken, to attend to, consider what, what is or has been said, to understand, perceive the sense of what is said. If you're hearing and you're meditating and you're, you're, your desire is, Lord, I want to understand, eventually understanding will come. So hearing is just not hearing with your physical ear, but it's a process of hearing and understanding. Understand that? It says, has been said, to understand, perceive the sense of what is said. To perceive by the ear what is announced in one's presence. To get by learning. To find out. To learn. To give ear to a teaching or a teacher. To comprehend. To understand. So when we hear, we uh, are... Um, stewards of what we hear, and we need to understand that hearing so that we can apply it in our lives, okay? And does, you might say, well, we all know what that means. Well, I'm going to tell you anyway. Uh, make, to agree. I thought that was good. Bear, bring forth. So you're bringing forth fruit, right? Commit, content. Deal, plus, without any delay, execute, exercise, fulfill, work, yield, produce, construct, form, fashion, to produce, bear, to be authors of a thing, to cause, bring about, to do, to act rightly, do well, to carry out. In order to execute something, you've got to understand. That's right. You may say, well, I just don't get a lot of understanding. I wonder why. So we're going to be learning how to get understanding. Uh, we're also talking about a foundation because in Matthew 7 it talked about having the proper foundation, didn't it? 
All right. Founded means lay the foundation to make stable, to establish, to ground and settle. So we need to ground and settle our minds, ground and settle them to focus on the right thing. We need to ground and settle our heart, which is the seat, you know, our affections. Okay. Or you could say your, your soul, you know, your spirit man lives in your heart. All right. But before Jesus came into your heart, there were a lot of things, a lot of affections, a lot of things vying for your attention. All right. Well, the spirit of God lives in there, but you've got to get the word in and push that other stuff out. So if you make a statement, well, just follow your heart. Uh, you may be following the wrong thing because you've got the wrong affections. You've got distractions. You've got things in there vying. You can't just tell somebody, follow your heart. Because there's all kind of stuff maybe in there that they're not following the spirit of God that lives in their spirit, which is in their heart. Okay? Uh, that's why in the Old Testament, heart and spirit and soul were all many times used interchangeably because they didn't have the spirit of God living in them. All right? That's why so much they just had to come and, 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 and go by renewing their mind. But there was an understanding that came, all right? So, but you could also say, uh, according to, uh, well, we'll get there. I'm getting ahead of myself. But we have the spirit, the soul, and the body. And the spirit, basically, the spirit of man, or the breath of man, the life of man, the spirit man lives inside of you. The Holy Spirit comes into your spirit. But you've got the soul, which is the mind, the will, and the emotions of a person. And again, many times people use soul and spirit, you know, interchangeably, but they're two separate things. All right? Since the word of God divides asunder of both spirit and soul and of the joints and marrow. That's in Hebrews 4. That's what I was talking about prior, uh, which is your body. So you've got spirit, soul, and joints and marrow is what? Your body. Okay? So we... Um, we're talking about you've got to have a foundation. You've got to be stable. You've got to be established. Uh, I like what Pastor Nancy, uh, she calls the spirit a storage place that we store the word in. Amen. Or in other words, she says meditation drives it down in. But you drive it down in by speaking the word. Meditate, remember, means to mutter, to speak, to imagine. Doing all these things through your eye gate, through your mouth, through your ears, focusing. All right. I was talking with Pastor Jay. Has anybody watched that show, Alaska Wild? You know, sometimes I get a little tired of those shows because they're always talking about gloom and doom. And, you know, this, the snowstorm's going to come and blow them away and everything else. It's, it's ridiculous, but we watch it anyway. So, uh, but... But these guys, they've got four months of summer, if they're lucky, you know, because I don't think they're in faith, so I'm going to, luck is part of it, all right. So they have four months, you know, if they were led by their spirit, they'd know how long they have. But anyway, moving right along. And then they have eight months of winter. Uh, I'll stay in Iowa, thank you. No complaining here, <laughs> praise the Lord. We could go to Hawaii too, but moving right along. So four months, and there's one of the cousins that took off when he was younger, and he went and traveled the world, and then he came back. Did you see him? I think his name's Ian or something like that. But anyway, he and his wife and children, they didn't gather enough wood. You had this little stockpile of wood. 
you know, when the first snowstorm, it came early, like the others told him it would. They had this little stock pile of wood. Uh, you know, they have some frozen fish, but Dad had to help him out. Actually, uh, Uncle had to help him out by killing the, the family cow. Yeah. And then they filled the freezer. This is how, how they have to, they're out in the boonies here, okay? Don't have running water in their house and all that. Oh, please, no, no thank you. <laughs> Moving right along. They needed to go out and, you know, fish and hunt and, and get wood and, and get all these things. And they have vegetation. I don't know how vegetation grows in that, but any, it does. And the snow comes, and he was digging under the snow, getting the cabbage out of the ground. And then he's got his, uh, his cousin who has all the vegetation out, who has all kind of wood stocked up, all kind of, well, you know, frozen fish, not fresh. Did you watch him when they went out and... Uh, almost died getting fr fresh fish, two fish for two days. No, thank you. I can go down to the restaurant. And... Didn't take me two days to get that. I, I don't eat fish anyway. Move them right along. So anyway, you've got one person who is unskilled. Why? He's been living there for quite some time, but he used his time foolishly. Uh, so the moral of the story, if you're going to live in Alaska then you better be skilled. Yes. Yes. You better know what you're doing. Yes. The problem was this cousin, had to, Ian, had to rely on uh, the family. Yeah. 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 And when we're not skilled, when we're not learned, when we're not applying ourselves, when we're not listening, saying, you better store up. Remember like the ant in Proverbs, stored up in the summer and they were ready for the winter? Well, when you're not listening, when you're unskilled, and I believe that, that they knew, I mean, they've been telling them, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. And then the snow comes, oh, I didn't know it was coming. Yes, you did. And that's what, that's what we, we've been saying as pastors. And we've been saying, prepare your heart. Prepare your heart to receive. Get the healing word in you. Get the prosperity word in you. Don't wait for economic crisis to finally get in the word. And he took my poverty. Hallelujah. Five minutes later, you're looking for the money. But you haven't been doing anything. You meditate. See, redemption, he took our poverty. In redemption, he took our sickness and disease. He took our sin. So you don't have to live in condemnation anymore. You just repent. Or your own heart will condemn you. Uh, you don't have to live in sickness and disease anymore. He took that. You don't have to live in economic crisis. He took that. But we need to know how to be skilled. In other words, we need to know uh, what the Lord, in Hebrews 1, it talks about ministering spirits going forth for you. We need to know to commission them out. We need to know uh, uh, to tell the devil, take your hands off my finances. We need to know about our authority. Too many people come to church two times and they're all excited. And then an onslaught comes against them because the enemy's trying to steal the word that's going in. And they're saying, I don't understand. It's not working. It's because you've got to get skilled. And we tell them, stick in there. Hang in there. Prepare your heart. Get the word inside of you. Get skilled. Get learned. Amen. Learn it. Don't leave. And we tell them, get back up if you miss it. Get back up. Get back up. Don't give in. 
and sit in classes like this, like you all are doing. I'm so proud of you. You're getting the word. It's going in. It's going in. You're meditating. Some of you are half awake. But at least you're getting something. You're working on it. I remember the first time years ago where I decided, because I'm a night person, I like to stay up late. I said, I'm getting up early and I'm going to spend time in the Word. And I re remember somebody saying they sat in the bathtub to keep themselves awake. And I'm saying, this is uncomfortable and I fell asleep anyway. <laughs> Especially when there's warm water in there. <laughs> they didn't tell me not to do that. Hold off on myself. Yeah. Wasn't going to put cold water in there. So, let's go back to Proverbs 4. Verse 20. Proverbs 4, verse 20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are alive to those who find them and health to all their flesh. This is in the New King James. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Verse 25, let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. So we're going to tear this apart a little bit. Uh, attention means to hearken, to heed, to hear, to incline, to regard, to mark well, to pay attention, to listen. You've heard your teachers saying that in times past, haven't you? Stop picking your nose and listen. Just thought I'd wake a few of you up. All right. Incline, what does that mean? It means to stretch or spread out by implication, to bend away, to apply, to bow down, to carry aside, to extend. And I've said many times uh, that I listen to my heart during the, during the day. I'm listening. And if I were doing physical, what I was doing spiritually, I would look like this. Because I'm looking to my heart. But when we're sitting here hearing the word, we're inclining Now, I wouldn't expect everybody to be sitting there doing this. I'm not asking you to be weird, okay? If that helps, go for it. But spiritually speaking, that's what we're doing. We're stretching out. We're inclining our ear. Spreading out, stretching forth, taking aside, turning aside. Cause to yield. Influence, bend down, hold out, extend, thrust aside, thrust away. In other words, thrust everything aside. Thrust everything away that's going to keep you from hearing what you need to hear. This is life unto you. It, what happens if you're not getting life? Death is working in you. It's the opposite of that. Okay? So we are uh, thrusting everything aside. We're climbing our ear. We're listening to our spirit, man. We're listening to the words that are being said because they're working what? Life 
and health in us. In Christ the Healer, F.F. Bosworth, on page 20, Christ the Healer, F.F. Bosworth, page 20, said, when we attend to God's word by not letting them depart from before our eyes and by keeping them in the midst of our hearts, the seed is in good ground. This is the kind of ground in which Jesus says, it bringeth forth, it bringeth forth fruit. Paul says, it effectually worketh. So when you're inclining, inclining properly, it's working in you because you're taking hold of it. It's not just a passive Listening. You're listening, you're understanding and perceiving, and you're taking hold of it, and you're applying it all in the same time. Amen. I like the illustration of my cell phone when Pastor Jay and I, sometimes we're in the mountain areas, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, sometimes the cell phone, you know, goes in and out. And you can go, we were at Dr. Dufresne, Pastor Nancy, they had some suites in back of their house in their former home, and we were staying there. They so kindly asked us to stay there for a few days, and we did. And the cell phone would go in and out, and it would have just one peg. You know, normally it has like four or five. So you'd go outside, you'd hike your leg, you'd do everything else, and <laughs> you'd hold the phone like this, look like the Statue of Liberty or something, or you'd get on a chair outside hoping nobody's coming by get the chair and you'd outside and hello can you hear me now but you understand you've been there right done that uh, but anyway more people give more attention to their electronics and their cell phones than they do the word of God to tuning in to the word of God now, in the suites, it had uh, Wi-Fi and service and all of that, but it wasn't hooked up at that time. We need to hook it up so that it works properly. But we spend hours working on our cell phones. We walk around the house with the iPads in our face, right? Maybe you don't. I'm, well, moving right along. Sometimes I have to tell Pastor Jay, what do you look like anyway? All I see is a big square in front of your face. <laughs> so if your spirit isn't tuned in properly or you're not hearing right, then feed on God's word and pray in the spirit. Feeding on the word keeps the reception in line with what he is saying, tunes you into the right channel. Praying in the Spirit develops your capacity to hear right, your fine-tuning to get clarity. So it's not just listening. You're actively in your spirit doing something as well. And I'm not saying that in the service you're... Well, you're in reception mode right here. I'm talking about in your own time when you're driving the car, you're praying in the Holy, you're getting sensitive. And by the time you get here, you should be sensitive. Now, you may at times to yourself, shut that up, you know, you understand that type of thing. But sometimes, you know, people are distracting. And, you know, I, I call it weirdness. But if you're being weird, just stop it, okay? And they're sitting over there and the pastor's preaching. Shut up. It won't, you know, look, we can't hear pastor and hear you too, all right? All right, now there's nothing wrong with praying in the service. 
I'm just talking about sometimes you have to do it. Why do I say it that way? Because I actually have, I wasn't able to, to enjoy the service because somebody else was praying. Now their heart was, they wanted to hook up, they wanted to make power available for that service. And I appreciate that, okay? But I'm saying these are things that we do on our own time to build ourselves up so that when you get here, you can receive. When you come up in a healing line, you're not praying in the Holy Ghost because you're giving out. You want to receive. All right? So that's what I'm, I just had to make that clear. It doesn't mean you need to stop praying in the Spirit. I just said that praying in the Spirit helps fine-tune you, helps enlighten you. But there are just proper times for that, okay? We need to value the Word. We must value the word enough to find our answers. In, in Daily Healing Bread, Imperfect Results, page 77, Pastor Nancy says, if, you're, if you've done all you know to do and you're still not healed, it's because you don't know enough. If you've done all you know to do, if you've done all that you know to do, and you haven't done enough, uh, and you're still not healed, you haven't done enough. Well, really, you're healed. That's what you've got to learn. That's what you need to know. You are healed. And then you start applying that healing to your life. Through what? Meditation. Speaking. Allowing it to work. Not giving up after five minutes. Not giving up after a week. Not giving up after two weeks. Just keep speaking the word. Amen. It's working in you. I said it's working in you. In Colossians 3, you can turn there real quickly. Colossians 3, verse 1. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Seek means seek in order to find. Seek a thing. Seek thinking by, me by thinking, by meditating, reasoning, to inquire. Seek after, seek for, aim at, strive after, require, demand, crave. Okay? Proverbs 2, 1 through 11, the value of wisdom. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, we've read this before in the first lesson, but Proverbs 2, 1. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search her as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of God. So we understand that understanding comes by meditation. But if we're not properly meditating on the word and receiving the word, understanding will not come. All right? So uh, what I want to do real quickly here, I'm going to get ahead of myself. All right. In Matthew 13, verse 12, in the Amplified, I want to read this. For whoever has spiritual knowledge to him will more be given, and he will be furnished richly, so that he will have abundance. But from him who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Well, to shed some more light on that, Matthew 13, 12, and 13 in the, in the message, 12 and 13. Whenever someone has a ready heart for this, the insights and understandings flow freely. Did you get that? Whenever somebody has a ready heart, 
Understandings flow freely. But if there's no readiness, any trace of receptivity soon disappears. That's why I tell stories. I create readiness to nudge the people toward receptive insight. In their present state, they can stare till doomsday and not see it, listen till they're blue in the face and not get it. All right? So very quickly, the parable of the sower, go on to verse 18. We're in Matthew chapter 13. Go down to verse 18 parable of the sower. We're going to read this real quickly. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, I hear Bibles flipping, but don't let that distract you. Verse 18, chapter 13 of Matthew. Hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. And we've talked about this wayside, and that means people that are not staying close to the word. All right? I mean, you may be sitting in the back, but you can still hear. You can still perceive. You can still understand, but you've got to block out everybody else. Okay? That's why I just like to sit close. But I'm not saying that you're not hearing if you're sitting in the back. I'm just saying spiritually you've got to be close. Now, that does affect you physically, too. In other words, you need to come to church. All right? You, you need to be around the Word of God. You can't just uh, say, well, I can miss two or three services, and I'll be fine. How's that working out for people? It doesn't work. Even as pastors, I made this uh, uh, statement to Dr. Dufresne. I said, you know, I've told people before, if I, if I even took off two or three services, I'd start getting cold. He says, that's absolutely right. You would as a pastor? Absolutely. Because I'm at a level that the enemy is coming with onslaughts constantly. And if I even give him an inch, you say, well, uh, maybe I shouldn't be growing. You better grow. Then he's really going to take you to lunch. You're in it already. Come on in. There's, there's no going back. Remember that? There's no going back. All there is to perdition, There's no, which means destruction. There's no going back. He's going to eat your lunch. I'm not talking about God. I'm talking about enemy, the devil. He's going to eat your lunch if you try to go backwards. Well, what do I do? There's only one way. Go forward. Only one way, and it's narrow. And there, there are giants there, and there are goblins at the door, and they want to eat your lunch. But you just put your blinders on, you rebuke them as you go, and you go your happy way. And you let the Word of God get inside of you, and you get stronger, and you get stronger, and then you don't ever have to be concerned about going backwards. Amen? But, but you've got to be faithful. I said you've got to be faithful. So very, very quickly, because I know some of the helps ministry, I want you real quickly to turn to Numbers 21. Just have a few minutes here. Numbers 21. I'm going to start reading. In verse 3, And the Lord listened to the voice of Israel and delivered up the Canaanites, and they utterly destroyed them and their cities. So the name of that place was called Hormah, which meant devotion. The people came to God and said, Hey, They want to kill us. Do something about it, Lord. And he did something for them. And they called that place devotion. In other words, the people devoted themselves and said, Hey, we'll hearken unto you, Lord, if you'll kill our enemies. And he did so. All right? 
One thing you've got to remember, though, if you're committing your life to the Lord and saying, Lord, if you did this for me, then you need to be devoted and follow through with your word. And if you're not, there's a thing called repentance. And if you don't repent, then things will get in to your heart that will keep you from receiving. One of your own heart is condemnation because that assurance won't be there. In verse 4, they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. And the people spoke against Moses and against God. Now, that was, that, that's just what they did, okay? Time after time, God delivered them. Then they, then they, they were happy and excited about it and had a party. And then they started getting disgruntled. Why? Because they were letting things in. They weren't meditating on the word. They weren't hearing and doing. Therefore, discouragement set in. Discouragement means shortened. They loathed to be short, to be impatient, to be vexed, to be grieved. Notice that they disobeyed and digressed by not hearing and understanding. Thus, confusion went to discouragement. Let's read on in verse 5. And the people spoke against God and Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? Well, he didn't do that, did he? Uh, what would have been an 11-day trip took 40 years. For there is no food and no water, and our soul loathes this worthless bread. Did you notice it said our soul loathes their mind, will, and their emotions? They were stirring them up rather than putting their, um, uh, their affections on the word. Rather than renewing their mind with the word. They began to allow discouragement to get in, and that discouragement digressed even to loathing, which meant uh, they were disgusted. But it means anxious, abhor, be distressed, be grieved, loathe, vex, be worried. When you are anxious, you are allowing, uh, you're not focusing on the word. You're focusing on the problem. That's simply what it is. Well, I need to take medication. Okay, fine, take medication, but get the word in. It's the only thing that will stop that cycle in your life. And I don't have time to preach on that. Worthless bread. Well, we know that was, that was like pastry, it said in the Bible. It was like fresh banana nut bread every day. Are you dumb? Okay, I shouldn't say that, all right? shouldn't say, are they dumb? But anyway, I was like fresh pastry every day. How many of us can eat fresh pastry every day? That would be really nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, and keep our figure. Hello. This worthless bread, worthless means, means insubstantial, light, contemptible, worthless. In other words, they were holding God and his man in contempt. Now, the, theosor, the theosaurus, <laughs> the words need to come out, uh, contemptible means deserving of contempt or scorn, ennoble, completely lacking nobility in character or quality or purpose, lacking in value or merit, unworthy of forgiveness. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the opposite of this is estimable or to esteem, deserving of respect or high regard. The word of God deserves first place in our lives. Thus, we respect and hold a high regard for what God or his ministers are saying from the word. Okay, the word looks. Uh, because uh, did we read on down? No, we're in verse 6. So the Lord sent fiery uh, serpents because these people were digressing. They were discouraged. They were loathing. Uh, they, they were in contempt, holding God in contempt, holding Moses in contempt. 
The Lord's not going to put up with that. We think that our pity parties and our attitudes and our tantrums, we're going to get by with them. We're not. And, and then we come and say, Lord, heal me. It doesn't work that way. God's being good to us. He's already given us healing. He's already given us every good thing. We just have to change our heart attitude and stop looking at him and other people as the problem and get the word in our hearts. And the people finally came around and they said, we've sinned for we've spoken against the Lord and against you, talking to Moses. And they, you pray to the Lord. In other words, they weren't willing to do it. You go, God, you go, Moses. You plead our case. How many times people come to me after, well, moving right along. You pray, Pastor. You get it for me. Verse 8. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and it shall be that everyone who is bitten then looks at it shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole, and so it was. If a serpent had bitten anyone when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. I know I'm going fast, but you're meditating. Notice... Again, I read this, but I'll, I'll, I'll read it uh, fully here. Notice that they disobeyed, digressed by not hearing and understanding. Thus, confusion went to discouragement, to loathing, which yielded a harvest of what they sowed with their doubt, unbelief, and negative actions. Doubt, unbelief, and negative actions will get us nowhere. Tantrums will get us nowhere. Begging God will get us nowhere. God is a good God. He's given us the good things. He wants us to come to him and humble ourselves and say, Lord, we've missed it somewhere. Obviously. And you may not have missed it. You may just need to start using your mouth for the right things. Not complaining, but thanking God it's working in you. It's working in me. It's working in me. Because for 20 years you've been speaking the wrong things. But give it some time to work in you. And, and let the f distractions fall away. Let the discouragements go. Let the loathing go. Let the vexation and the anxieties go. But you don't understand, Pastor Debbie, what I have to contend with. Oh, yeah, I do. Trust me. Been there, done that, had the T-shirt, okay? Looked. Actually, looks. Means to see, behold, consider, respect, perceive, regard, enjoy. Respect. They weren't respecting God. But if we respect him and we respect his word, it will work for us. To observe, consider, look at. To look intently by implication to regard with pleasure. Get happy about it. Get happy about the word of God. You know, when I have to turn off, I shouldn't say I have to. When I turn off the news and I start speaking the word of God and praise the Lord, hallelujah, I'm not missing anything. If you got to turn off your favorite movie and stir yourselves up about the Word of God, eventually, because the Word is alive, it will start working for you. You'll start getting happy about it. You'll start getting excited. If you come to church with an attitude of, oh my goodness, i got to get up and go again. Well, stir yourself up. On the way here, hallelujah, hallelujah. Stir yourself up. Get your mouth going. The kids are saying, I don't want to go to church. You say, we don't talk that way around here. But I don't feel good. We don't talk about our feelings. I'm not saying they can't talk, you know, tell mama they got a headache. And you can put your faith out for them, okay? Pop them a Tylenol, but speak the word over them. <laughs> Amen. Stir yourself up. 
bronze, have you ever heard trade the brass for the gold? Bronze was a form of brass. It meant copper, brazen, brass. Lust, harlotry, meaning dubious. Woo! That's another word for, uh, for bronze. The serpent on the pole, God told them to put that there. It was a type of Christ. It was a prototype. Christ was coming uh, to carry the sins and the sickness of man. To carry his poverty. So that was a a prophecy to be fulfilled. God told them to do that. But what was the bronze about? Well, I'll tell you. This serpent was a type of Christ being put on a cross and taking the sins, poverty, and sickness of mankind. But this bronze serpent was also a reminder of the cost of their lust and harlotry, their offense and loathing, their disregard for the word of the Lord and his servants who gave it. Only when they looked at it attentively did they fully begin to understand and remember their sin and turn from their wickedness and distractions at all costs because God's a forgiving God. Only when they looked did they open themselves up for heart change and healing at the same time. So God was dealing with some issues with this serpent. All right? So the last thing I want to read here that I wrote out, the word is progressive. The word is not just a success as an end product. It's a process. You receive more revelation, wisdom, and insight as you actively turn your heart towards God and aggressively meditate in his word, allow offense and distractions to fall away, act wisely, and hear and do what God says. Then the end product always yields success. You will then go forward and break out and truly prosper in every area of your life. Like Joshua 1.8 says, you will find that healing is yours and it works as a medicine to your body. Amen. Amen. So we're attending to the word. It's a process. It's working in us right now. Amen. So take this home this week and meditate on the fact. We've already talked about calling. We've already talked about receiving by faith. And we'll continue and continue to go over those things because people are at different places and we need to uh, stir up our remembrance of those things. But take your medicine by thanking God. Take your medicine by meditating on it as we're in the main service today. Be attentively listening and letting the Word of God work in you. And if there's anything God's dealing with you, hey, drop this. Let this go. Then those things that are vying and keeping health and healing from you will fall away and it will be easy. Amen? It's easy anyway. It's just we made it hard because we picked up things along the way that buy for our attention. The word is easy. If you would like more information about Pastor Debbie Eberly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147 or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you, and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life.